welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by my colleague Graham Young to discuss all the latest goings on at Parkhead. On the pod today, we take a look at how Celtic players fared over the international break, talking about Kieran Tierney, Lee Griffiths, Tom Rogic and Daniel Arzani. And with a huge game against Hibs to come at the weekend, we discuss why this might be the perfect game at the perfect time for Brendan Rodgers' side. Okay, Graham, we're going to start off this week. Um, if I could ask you, um, I know it's been the international break, so there might be a wee bit few and far between, but if you could pick a Celtic moment of the week to get it started, a talking point, a viral video, anything at all, what's your, been your Celtic moment of the week? Uh, it's got to be Kieran Tierney for me. For Celtic, he's obviously such a valuable player. Uh, endured a bit of a nightmare with Scotland. Lone goal against Israel. Uh, Obviously, Scotland fall into defeat, a bit of a poor performance, and then he was obviously allowed to head back to Celtic. I think for Scotland and Celtic as well, this is a player of ex- unbelievable quality. And now more than ever, Alex McLeish must find a way to get the best. Take Andy Robertson out of the, pers- uh, out of the discussion. Kieran Tierney is vital to Scotland, he's one of the best Scottish players to emerge in a generation. So if it means it turns out that Kieran Tierney works out as a better left back than Andy Robertson, you play him. If you need to play him in a free at the back, the left side centre half, you've got to play him. This is a player who the time is now. He's so important for club and country. He's got real passion and desire. And I think the really sad thing is to even go back to just under a year ago, last November, Malcolm McKay entrusted him as his captain. Uh, played really well against uh, the Netherlands at Pitodre. Looked every inch the future Scotland star. Coming in for Scott Brown at the time. And Andy Robertson's not done much wrong. He's been impressive as well. But I think people need to start talking about Tierney. I think Robertson has assumed that he'll play at left back or if not just move him to left wing. But Scotland don't have enough good players to be allowing one of their better players to be playing in the wrong position. And I think in respect to Scott McKenna, John Suit or other players, the time is now for Alex McLeish with all the myriad of problems that he has uh, at present. I think Kieran Tierney's position and where he needs to play is important and I think you'll see straight away back at Celtic. He's been excellent for Celtic this season. Celtic have been nowhere near as good as they've been in previous seasons but Tierney's been fantastic. He's got an extra half yard of pace now. He feels comfortable. He's now used to the fact Scott Sinclair isn't in front of him every week. He's had to take on more. McGregor's on that side sometimes. He's happy to beat a man. Just knock the ball pass and get across it. Scotland needs some of that. Uh, the next time they play, and hopefully that's the case come November. In terms of where he has been playing, do you think? Do you, I mean, you'd think he would be. He is capable of playing at that that that's that, that centre back position. But it just the the kind of general impression you got from the likes of him and Robertson, they're not too comfortable with that with that set up on the left side. Is there anything you would do to to change that? Or yeah, I think that I think the argument is made sometimes as Kyle Walker for England. But if you ask Kyle Walker, he'd rather be playing right back instead of Kieran Trippy. I think that's kind of an ends to mean uh, in, in some ways. For Robertson and Tierney, they're, they're both so similar, even though they're both left-sided players, they both specialise in taking that whole side of the pitch themselves. So if both of them are across on that side, sometimes they're kind of stunting each other's growth. And there's got to, I think that's, as you say, Liam, I think there's got to be a way of finding the perfect balance, a harmony between the two of them. But it, right now it doesn't seem to be working for years. Talked about Lampard and Gerrard in the same England team, these two quality midfielders. But it never worked. It was always square pegs and round holes. And you can talk about, oh, we've got two great players, we need to let them play. But there's got to be a, def- a definitive style from Scotland moving forward. And hopefully Tierney 
uh, reaps the benefits of that. And he's been shunted over to, to right back a few times. But I don't that like looks that. As if it, it just inhibits him so much, doesn't it? I know Gordon Strachan used him at right back in the promising kind of end to the last campaign. But I, I thought that became you instantly for me hearing these most weeks an eight out of ten. He was a six and a half, seven, it was fine. It, and obviously that was a position where Calm Parson at times is can provide plenty of energy down the right, but his defending's maybe not up to scratch. Stephen O'Donnell, to me he's got a long way to go before you could regard him as like the incumbent. Yep, yeah. I think there's a long way to go there. Uh but that wouldn't be the, the first solution that I would look mm-hmm. And obviously the uh, the other big talking point to come out of the Scotland setup from a, a Celtic perspective, at least, is um, Lee Griffiths. It sort of dominated the headlines last week. His decision to to withdraw from the squad over con- he says concerns over his own fitness. What do you how we con? You know what do you what do you make of th- this whole situation? It did turn into a wee bit of a a wee bit of a mess, didn't it? Yeah, and I think Lee Griffiths sometimes it's better the games you don't play because his value. Has made a plan, especially against Portugal. Ollie McBurney, to me, I think he's got plenty of plenty of traits that can make him a good player. And I know he's doing well at Swansea, but he looked well off the pace in terms of what you would expect for a number nine for your country. Stephen Naismith enjoyed the real career renaissance, especially after all the injuries he's had this season, especially for Hearts. He's a player. He's played a lot of games for Scotland, scored a lot of goals for Scotland. But Griffiths' value uh, is it's just he has to play for Scotland. He has to play regularly. You were able to see just before the international break how much a, a help he was to Brendan Rodgers. Big goals and big games. Starting to make a real difference again. Lee Griffiths, right now, there's no magic solution. Lee Griffiths should be the number nine for Scotland. Let's hope this sabbatical, so to speak, has been able to uh, get him back to his best and Scotland can see Lee Griffiths scoring goals again. And he hasn't. That's the thing. Take away the couple of goals against England. Griffiths' Scotland career has never been the perfect story at times, there's been a lot of games where it's not quite happened, Strachan was really impressed with how he developed his game, his hold up play get better, working alongside guys at Dembele, working with Rodgers on a day to day basis, Scotland needs to start seeing the benefits of that as well. Yeah because I mean there was the obvious you know, speculation from you know people that he'd taken the huff but I mean it's not as, it's like you kind of say that he's, he was never a, a sort of, you know, a constant fixture under Gordon Strachan either so it's not like he's he's not used to to being in the to being in the team week in week out, do you think there was anything in that? Or potentially, I think it'd be a body blow. The game against Albania, I think he would expect it to start. I think that was a perfect game for him. Albania is a type of, and especially the way Scotland played. I think at the time I spoke about it was quite a small way of playing in terms of Scotland. A lot of times it's long balls, but McLeish at times, especially that night against Albania, found a way of getting smaller players in and around each other, moving the ball quickly. I think that suits Griff's game perfectly. And, and Naismith missed a, ma- a really good chance. They would grab a goal, uh, obviously deflect the goal as well. But I think Griffiths would have looked at that match and thought, I would have scored goals against Albania. I think mm-hmm. it'd be, be a natural thing uh, to take from that match. And I think he was hoping... Again, the comments to McLeish about Naismith maybe leading the line. Who knows how that might affect his thinking? And from a Celtic perspective, he's you know he's admitted that in his mind he feels that he needs to he needs to be fitter. He needs to needs to be sharper. I don't know what his kind of you know specific concerns are about his his fitness. I know he has he had a bit of a niggling injury that's kind of yeah the calf injury the calf injuries is not and that's helped, the thing under Ronnie Dyla the forty goal season under Ronnie Dyla barely missed a minute you know, the, the, mm-hmm. he was a player who didn't have that kind of injury reputation and then it all started just before the 5-1 game Brendan Rodgers first Celtic Rangers game uh, he obviously missed 
training that week, missed the game. Dembele came in and scored a hat-trick. The rest was history. Uh, but up until that point, it was Griffiths who was the man for Celtic. Dembele was having to bide his time, obviously took his chance. And from there, it's never been the same. He's been mm-hmm. flitting in now at appearances. There's been goals, like, kind of runs, like two three goals and over a, a certain amount of games and then no goals in six. That isn't the player that Griffiths w- was before. And I think, to be fair as well, Celtic's decreasing the amount of goals they've scored over the last 18 months has been noticeable and I think Griffiths has kind of mm. uh, been affected by that as well but I think now's the time to get back I think he's been on a run where the game coming up at the weekend might be a chance to get back to where he was and what he's wanting to do Have you noticed I know he's, he has scored a couple of important goals recently and I think I think Chris Sutton was the first person I heard pointing it out in terms of his the, the shape he was in but if, if you noticed anything well, think, about his game that's just I think just that not sub- comment was interesting for the reason that I don't I think people didn't notice until it was mentioned almost like you go uh-huh. oh, maybe a minute like and I think the Saltzburg game maybe shows Griffith's limitations to a point where leading the line in Europe against a team who were excellent to be Saltzburg real quality showed their ability from start to finish but Griffith's barely the sniff it was a, it was a mm-hmm. night where he was frustrated he was chasing the ball constantly Edward again in a moment preferred position for Edward on the left hand side uh-huh. showed his quality but again between the pair of them there wasn't this yeah. workhorse element in the I, I mean front. I know Edward scored the goal but I thought apart from that oh, he, he struggled, he struggled just night. as much he he? Aye. Uh, the, the, the goal was a trademark Edward goal if you can have such a thing for a player who's still trying to make his name in the game mm-hmm. uh, that on the left hand yeah, side but you've seen a few body, like yeah, that haven't you that's have, what he specialises in uh, but again I think between the pair of them uh, you wouldn't exactly say that. To say they were busting a got isn't fair, but sometimes players' body language gives the game away, and it didn't look like, you know, that sometimes maybe the old school, like Kevin Gallagher, Gordon Jury, type of players that get Scotland to a World Cup, these guys were workhorses, you know, that was the, the they would just run, run themselves into the ground. And mm-hmm. I think Celtic problems on the night was more to do with the fact they couldn't keep the ball, but didn't ha- help when they didn't have the ball. Yeah. Maybe the guys up top uh, struggled to cause any danger for the opposition uh-huh. well I'm assuming it's probably been a, a big week on the training pitch for Lee Griffiths another player that we seem to see a lot of on the training ground but not on the pitch is uh, Daniel Arzani the much discussed loan yeah, much loan, discussed much I think discussed. everyone in Australia uh-huh. yeah, yeah, certainly so. down under um, loan signing from Manchester City You know, he's not, not featured at all for the first team yet a couple of appearances for the reserves really I think Chris Davis was the who sort of addressed his situation first, you know, who was keen, kind of keen to stress that, you know, he is, he seems to be a fair way off being at the level to, to play in the first team week in, week out. But he got a 25-minute run out for Australia during the week. And, and again, I don't know if it's just, like, again, the way you mentioned Griffiths, like, stock seems to rise when he's when he's not playing. But is there was a, a a real this this boy's amazing. This was the, the reaction on on social media. Is it? Wh- how would you make of this situation? Has it got? I know it might be a bit early to say, but has it got echoes of the Charlie Masonda maybe, maybe episode? Maybe that situation is occurring because of the Charlie Masonda situation, where Celtic were scarred perhaps by the next big thing arriving, and then for mm-hmm. whatever reason, like the Masonda deal was a disaster because he was so. You, you you need to remember when Masonda signed for Celtic on the Saturday against Brighton, he played this killer pass from just inside Brighton's half, uh, set up a goal for Chelsea and a 4 0 win. And then suddenly he's at Celtic. So he's been playing for Chelsea, now he's at Celtic. It's a ma- 18 months. You think this will be a massive deal? Arzani's obviously over two years. Mm-hmm. But Celtic are adamant they're going to take their time with this. He's going to bed in, 
build himself up, maybe they feel he doesn't have enough natural strength, so what's the point in coming on for 9 minutes here, 12 minutes there, take maybe 6 months in the shadow, so to speak, but it's not really the shadow, because mm-hmm. every time he goes to Australia, he's the talk of the town again, uh, but Celtic seem to have a clear strategy that they want him to develop to a certain level before they give him the regular minutes, and to be fair with Celtic as well, Sinclair at times has shown more in the last few weeks than he, he did last season, but he's still not getting his game regularly, James Forrest is off the back of four goals against Johnson, Lewis Morgan is starting to make appearances, Ryan Christie is getting time off the bench, maybe it's a bit, the options are a bit muddied in the, the front three, mm-hmm. to give Arzani the chance, even if he does well he might not get the run, so perhaps when he does come into the team, that's when it'll all uh, happen naturally for him, for him. He'll, he'll come in, he'll play each week, uh, but right now obviously there's a lot of people back in Australia who rate him, people talking about him, uh, people think Celtic are getting it badly wrong mm-hmm. over Because uh, he's regarded as the next big thing over there, yeah, isn't it? You can really? understand so that, they'll be very protective of him. Yeah, and I, th- I think um, obviously it's the same kind of scenario with Man City fans, they're maybe you know, looking at this this kind of wonder kid that they've brought over from Australia and then, you know, but the perceptions like sometimes down in England that he's gone up to Scotland and they're probably expecting him to to walk into the team and just completely tear up the league from from minute one, but obviously it's it's not happening that way. Is it? Is it kind of? It must be. Is it Celtic really got to stick to their guns in a way over this? Yeah, you would. I'm, I don't think Brendan Rodgers or Chris Davis or whoever. I don't think they would be guys who. I think they they know or they believe that they've got a, an idea in place. They know what's right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's. I don't think they're going to be. Uh, put under pressure by yeah. outside influences. And be, surely there's. Uh, we don't know what happened with Masonda specifically, but surely there is, you know, an agreement and an understanding between Celtic and Man City that that this this boy isn't going to. He's not going to walk straight into the first team. Yeah, you would imagine. Gonna, I, th- I think you know, Celtic have worked uh, a lot of deals with Man City in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. like from deals like Gareth, Denier, Roberts. Uh, Boyata signed in a permanent deal, yeah, so Celtic have got a good working relationship, and Cham as well. So Celtic have got a good working relationship with Manchester City. I, I'd imagine it'd have been made clear that, especially the two years, it's a very, you know, you don't see too many two year loans, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there might be that bedding in Peter's first time he's in Europe, he's pretty young. It might, it might be different as well coming on for Australia. Like, you look at maybe someone like Glenn Middleton at Rangers who had just that even six months there just between uh-huh. arriving, bedding in, Gerard Likes. With a, a season he's a player and now he's making an impact it could be the same for Rosani moving forward yeah I mean because that game during the week he's coming on against a side where they're already winning oh, 3-0 yep. you know yep. it's and he's showing skills and flicks and tricks Aye. and that's great but where Celtic are right now um, I think Rodgers is abundantly oh, he's, he's, he's fully aware of what Celtic need to do they, they need to grind out games at times obviously the St Johnson game was more akin to what they were able to do in his first season in charge, mm-hmm. but Celtic winning games is the most important thing. Yeah. I think Celtic can get themselves top of the league, a place where they're used to being, getting a lead over their rivals, and especially Rangers, Habs, Hearts, whoever it is, is chasing them. I think Celtic will be in a more controlled position, and then that would allow chances for, say, Lewis Morgan, Daniel Zani to come in and really show their stuff in the second half of the season. Yeah, and a quick mention for Tom Rogic from that Australia game as well, he scored. Brilliant. More good signs from him after what was a it was a pretty stunning display against yeah, St was Johnston. Excellent. I thought that was the Tom Rogic vote for one thing people maybe the slight on Tom Rogic is that he can turn it on against domestic level, maybe at Europe he gets found wanting at times. But even recently he wasn't turning it on against domestic level. Mm-hmm. A lot of players, McGregor, Rogic, the, the attacking third, have been struggling, but I thought his passing was excellent. Just that way he's he's 
like his pomp, he's got this amazing language style where he can take the ball and turn, just these really simple passes, but they aren't simple, That's he makes it look very easy, mm-hmm. and obviously James Forrest benefited greatly for some of the assists against St. Johnson. I suppose we can't uh, we can't uh, ignore James Forrest either. He was it a surprise for you that he, he, he wasn't included <laughs> against? <laughs> just sometimes is that an understatement? Is there just sometimes there's just no way to, to explain? No, you know, obviously McLeish for the the Israel game where Forrest didn't start is what we're, we're talking about. But uh, probably the, he would have justified it as this is a team that won against Albania. We had a system, blah blah blah. But I mean, coming off the back of four goals at the weekend. And having the form he's been in over the, the past year or so as well, is it just I, I just don't see how he could have been ignored. No, I think that's that's so true. Like forget about formation. I know McLeish was buoyant after the Albania game. He thought Scotland were going somewhere, they'd mm-hmm. found something against Albania. But sometimes you've just got to react to the moment. And uh-huh. James Horace scored four goals. He's bit and there isn't many players in the last the last 20 30 years Scottish players who literally can just drift past players Forrest confident he's, he's got a different level of skill to most and the development under Brendan Rodgers over the last two and a half years has been incredible obviously at times under Neil Lennon he's a pivotal player as well but now after such a, a big performance against St Johnson it was, such, it was more than just the goals everyone was toiling at Celtic like, no one wanted to admit that they weren't the team that they were before but that just looked like you could, that could have mm-hmm. been any class Celtic team under Rodgers previous the, the, the couple of seasons before they were rampant and I think Forrest had to start and then even against Portugal I thought he was the best player in the part against Portugal for, uh, for Scotland he was excellent, he was the one driving a couple of really good crosses in the uh-huh. first half, obviously the second half was a unmitigated disaster but Forrest was the man who was carrying the fight to Portugal Yeah, and he's he was that player for Celtic against St Johnston that you know, before before that game and the, the kind of performances that were a bit maybe lacklustre, a bit uninspired, Celtic were really, they seemed to be crying out for somebody to really take initiative. They'd, they'd a lot of talk, a lot of people pointing out about the kind of sideways, you know, passing, you know, really not affecting the game. They were crying out for somebody to really be positive and be direct and Forrest stepped up to become, you know, that man for them. Um, and just to... I mean, you could see his, like you say, the, see his confidence brimming against Portugal as well. And you'd think the likes of him and Tom Rogic, you know, starting to hit a bit of form now. It's it's ideal going into this this game against Hibs at the weekend, which is a, a huge game. It's a massive game. Do you think this is a, we were maybe talking a wee bit beforehand, that why this could be the the perfect game at the, the perfect time for Celtic? Do you want to? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think... Basically, the Aber- take the Aberdeen game a couple of weeks ago at home. Now, 1-0 in the face, that's a perfectly fine result. A win's a win against Aberdeen. Obviously, a team they've been successful against in recent years. But even, say, Celtic toiled against St. Johnson, there's still be that pressure. Maybe this will be the day that Celtic finally come alive. Or, but against Hibs, this is real opposition. Argument Hibs have caused Celtic, I know Kamarnet have taken results off Celtic, but Hibs and the, the performances, the way they've played against Celtic, have caused Celtic more problems than any yeah, team. nobody else who's been able to play against them. No, no, I think, McGinn, anyway. I think yeah. John McGinn did a massive taking taking on Scott Brown, going mano a mano away, Scott Brown in the middle of the pack to them really, they, they were fantastic contests last season, but every game last season, those four league games last season, it was a 2-2 each draws, a 1-0 win for Celtic, Celtic lost 2-1 at Easter Road, Either, all those games could have, could have swung either way in any t- any point 
they were very even matches and I don't see the argument is obviously the, the boy Milligan that's came in for uh, Hibs he's a real physical presence he can maybe give some of what McGinn was able to bring to the table mm-hmm. and then you've also got Malin who probably provides a bit more creativity at times he's willing to have a shot from anywhere he's yeah. shooting's phenomenal I, th- I don't think there'll be that much a dro- drop off but also you've got players like Horgan who's came in who's got a real reputation pedigree uh, yeah. yep, and then you can bury his back playing McLaren's not been able to hit the ground running mm-hmm. but at times if this Hibs team get themselves going there there could be a real something to get excited about and I think Celtic will be, have to be their absolute best I think it'll be more like the Rangers and Rosenberg games that total possession if they can just slow the game down at times it might not be the same swashbuckling style mm-hmm. that was on display at McDermott Park but Celtic, there'll be a comfort level in Celtic playing this game that hasn't been there in a while. They've just won 6-0 international break. People are feeling good. Now they can play the game however they want. They don't need to worry. There'll be no pressure for the crowd. They'll be just win the game. Winning's the most important thing. There's a few really big games coming up for Celtic. Uh-huh. Hearts as well in the league. Hearts in the Betfred Cup semi-final. The Leipzig doubleheader's just pivotal. Celtic drew a big result away from home. That's obviously so important five days later as well. So you've got this great balance between uh, two really good teams playing against each other. I think there's, there'll be no inhibitions for either side. Celtic will be comfortable within themselves. We're a few weeks now removed from Dembele. We know how this Celtic team's got to look until mm-hmm. January. And Hibs scored six in the last out. And they're a quality side. They'll be the game of the day. Two really good teams. Neil Lennon, as much as they love Celtic, they'll love beating Celtic as well. Brendan Rodgers desperate to really push Celtic on after it's been a trying few months it's got the recipe to be a fantastic game mm-hmm. so it'll be now now yep now now seven <laughs> shots three corners it'll be uh, uh, so on that note Graham can I get a scoreline prediction off you yeah if I was I think there'll be goals in at the Betfred Cup semi-final between the pair last year it was 4-2 that wouldn't surprise me I think Hibs will after talking about Celtic playing maybe more within themselves I think Hibs bring out a more natural this is a really big game mm-hmm. feel and with that Celtic seem to uh, the inhibitions seem to go and they're able to just maybe shoot on sight or have a pop I'm going to go for 3-2 to, to Celtic 3-2? yeah but I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic were up 3-1 at some stage uh-huh. uh, I'd expect a big game from Griffiths against the team his former team and the team he adores I think it'll start I think this is a big yeah. statement for Griffiths I think as well you've got to look at Forrest we spoke about Rogic big moments for these guys and to me McGregor he's not playing terribly it's not a case of but I would I think this is a good chance for Scott Sinclair to maybe get a start think so? yeah I think he's not played a lot of football this is where you know I just go on mm. get just down back to basics yeah. running and I think there's been more of that for Sinclair it's not yeah. been perfect I thought he might have started against St Johnston I, so did admit, I, think, yeah. I think most people did and then you win 6-0 and uh, it's hard to maybe change a winning team so to speak I just think it's uh, sometimes you need to adapt your team to find the best lineup. and I think this is a game where Sinclair could really provide something obviously could uh, show something for the bench, but maybe that's what Lewis Morgan's there for as well. Mm-hmm. I think Cal McGregor's played a lot of football recently. I don't think it's think been the end a of break? the I, I think sometimes breaks are, you say a player needs a break, but yeah. perhaps he does, perhaps he does need a break, and uh-huh. I think um, Sinclair might be the better option. But I would pick Celtic in a five-goal thriller. What about yourself, Liam? How do you see the game? I back? see, I, I, de- I definitely think Hibs will score. I, I mean, they've probably, for me, been playing the best football in the league. It's just they obviously had been a real match for Celtic uh, at Easter Roads. I know they got that draw at Celtic Park last season, but I think this is um, 
coming here with Celtic really needing a, a result. Um, I think I think it might be a a wee, a wee step too far for them. Um, I think I think Celtic might either edge at three one or three two, just just like you said yourself. I think I think it's going to be a game that people really enjoy watching. I think sometimes it's the case where obviously the three o'clock kick off, you know, I mean, maybe there's an argument I just but I know a lot of away games are televised, but this mm-hmm. this is a type of game that big crowd, good football, I don't think anyone would be left wanting if this was on the television. So the spectators will be there on the day will be treated to something pretty special, I think. Uh, should be on the telly though, shouldn't it? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes you need to adapt to the games, you know, in Rangers Hearts as well, that should have been a TV game. I know it's mm-hmm. great, um, you know, in full stadium and all that, and you catch the highlights later, but sometimes I think we're at that stage now where we need to be maybe like the, the the governing body and television a bit more reactive, maybe not plan fixtures so far in advance. And but this would just be the perfect game to watch on TV. Definitely, definitely. Well, that's all from us this week. Thanks to Graham for joining me. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at Record Sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Celtic. So don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there too. Thank you for listening.